0: Welcome back in, hour number two of the program here on Tuesday morning. So far now, I'm two for two on remembering it's not Monday, so I've got that going for me. Uh, if you are getting ready to leave the house, uh, what Ceci Del Carmen said is true, there is a fog advisory. Well, I mean, not that you wouldn't believe Ceci Del Carmen, right? But there is a fog advisory, and I'm looking out the window here to the studio, and not only is, uh, well, I guess the the sun is coming up. You know, it's, it's becoming lighter outside so you can see more, but you can't see anything. All you can see now is how little you can see because I'm, I'm looking out the window here and I can't even see stop and shop. I can't even see the end of our parking lot. I can barely see my own car parked in the parking lot. So that's how bad the fog is right now. So just to give you a heads up, if you do have to leave the house if you do have to go to work today if you do have places that you need to be just be aware it's going to be a little bit slow getting there and uh, take your time don't don't force it this fog is thick as peanut butter and uh, Rudolph fans will get that so uh, I hope that you had a good Christmas I am sure that somewhere whether it be receiving or giving gift cards factored into the equation. And I'm going to talk about those uh, and some interesting stories that have come out about them and also some warnings as well. But before I get into that, I just want to read a couple of app chat messages that came in regarding our discussion in the last hour. Uh, if you missed it, Mary called in and said that she has COVID and uh, wanted to warn people that it is going around. I saw so many people posting about this on social media, Over local people posting about this um, over the past week or so you know, saying, oh, guess what I got for Christmas, COVID. Uh, so it really is kind of rearing its, its ugly head again, although it's never really gone away. And uh, that's the point of Not Bad in Oak Bluff's um, app chat message. It says, good morning, Tim. I wish I could understand why there's so much pushback about COVID safety. People, it's here to, say, it's here to stay. Please pay attention. And I'll say this, you know, you can... I don't know why we argue about things like masks and vaccines and all that. But, you know, we can argue about those things all we want. But what I was talking about with the previous caller is the best course of action. If you think that you are sick, stay away from other people. And that goes for not just COVID. That goes for anything. There's nothing worse than when, you know, somebody shows up at work and you're like, hey, what's wrong with you? Oh, I think I have the flu. Well, then what are you doing here? Now here in this business, it doesn't happen all that much because most of the folks that work here understand that we're in a business where you, you really can't make the other people around you sick. You can't come in here and give me a cold because then I'm going to lose my voice and then I can't talk. And that's really like a good portion of what my job is, is being able to speak I mean, the other portion is hopefully I'm saying something intelligent when I do. But, you know, as, as those of you who listen know, it's not a prerequisite. But I have to be able to actually say the words. And if you remember last year, uh, right around early December, I got, I got sick. And it was nothing major, just a cold. But it wiped out my voice enough that I could barely speak. And I, I had to come in because it was the, the mini miracle show. And I couldn't pass that off to someone else that didn't know I would, I went and met with the family. I had been involved in the family story. I couldn't just say to, you know, somebody else, Hey, can you fill in and, uh, oh, and here, you know, handle all of this really emotional stuff for three hours. Cause we're just going to be talking about this family that you haven't even met. So I figured I had to come in and do it, but I was barely able to speak. And it was coming out like this and I'm sure it was horrendous radio. I worried that I was costing that family donations by people tuning off, turning it off, tuning out because they, they couldn't stand my voice, but I would work in food service. I worked in food service for 22 years before I worked here full time and people would come into work sick, really sick and proceed to cook food for people and just pass that on to everybody else. I just, I never got it. And I I do get it in some ways because in some jobs, you don't get sick time. They don't give you a day off. You don't get paid if you don't go into work. But if, if you're going to go in there and make other people sick, it's only going to make your job harder when they don't show up. Anyway. Uh, and then Devin Matapoisett says, I've had all the vaccines that have been offered for COVID and mask, and I have not had COVID, and I am a retired nurse, and I'm just exhausted. i just exhausted listening to these folks who amazingly know better than infectious disease doctors. I don't usually agree with Mary, but I sincerely hope that she gets better soon. COVID is no joke. And certainly, you know, take advantage of, I, they'll still send you free tests. I don't know how many they'll send you now, but you can still request them. You can still go and, and purchase um, tests as well. I know that the the city was offering some free tests. There's places that you can go to get them. And if you're not sure, just call your doctor, call the, the local clinic, call someone, and they'll tell you where you can get them. But you can still get them and have them on hand so that at least if you come down with something, you can test yourself and, and know what it is. I think a lot of the folks who have had it already, you know, they kind of know when they get it again. Kind of like, you know, if you've had strep throat, and then you get sick again, you're like, this feels like when I got strep throat. You don't have to go to the doctor and get diagnosed with strep throat. You know that there's a chance that you have it, although you should, because then you can get an antibiotic. But the, um, the idea of fighting your way through whatever is bothering you is, is something that I, I think we should be getting away from as much as we can. Because it doesn't matter what it is, you're going to pass it on to somebody else. Now, I've seen the opposite extreme. I have a friend who is absolutely obsessed with wearing a mask every time he goes out, Uh, you know, won't deal with anybody that hasn't been vaccinated. I mean, you know, it has its extremes in the other way, too. You can't have too much paranoia. But it's also it, it you know, what we learned through all this. Just how many, this is this is what bothered me the most, is how much I learned how few people wash their hands when they leave the bathroom because I was hypervigilant to it. During, you know, during the course of the pandemic, I'd be using, I, I remember going over here to Stop and Shop and I had to use the restroom. I wouldn't advise it, but I had to use the restroom and, you know, try to avoid You're going to be picking up food and doing all that stuff. You probably don't want to use the restroom in a supermarket if you can help it. But I went in and used the restroom and a guy came in, used the urinal, and then walked out. And I was like, okay, that guy is going to go like pick up watermelons or something and didn't bother to wash his hands. And you don't realize how many people were doing that. How many people weren't covering their mouth when they coughed or when they sneezed? These are just basic etiquette things in addition to being hygienic. And that's what bothers me the most out of anything. It's just how people have no consideration for the other people around them. I went uh, Christmas shopping on on Saturday. I know, I know, I know. But I I told you I always wait to the last minute. I didn't have to wait to the last minute this year. But I still did because just what I do. Me and Mayor Mitchell, were both well-known for waiting to the last minute to do our Christmas shopping. And I was getting dressed to head out to the store and I was like, I know it's not Halloween. I know it's not Friday the 13th, but I'm wearing this big Jason Voorhees t-shirt, like a big hockey mask, Jason face. Because I'm hoping that just keeps people a little bit away from me when I'm out in the store. Just take a couple steps away. Not that I was worried about getting sick or anything. I just don't want people in my personal space. But it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was amazingly simple to go out Saturday late afternoon. And granted, my shopping was simple because something we'll talk about here, gift cards. And the the longest line that I waited in was probably at Best Buy. And I went into Best Buy solely to buy something for myself. A $10 purchase. Something that I probably could have waited till after Christmas. But I was like, I'm here now. I'm going to get it while I'm here. And I waited maybe seven or eight minutes in that line. That was the longest I waited on Saturday. I assume that that was probably the worst day to go. But maybe it wasn't because I went to the movies on Friday and the mall seemed pretty insane. By the way, if you uh, if you were wondering about seeing the Iron Claw, I would recommend it. You don't have to know anything about wrestling. It's not wrestling is not really as integral of a part of the film as you you think it would be. How much do you need to know about boxing to watch Rocky? You know, how much do you need to know about karate to watch the karate kid? And that's kind of what wrestling factors into this movie. In fact, the movie itself can't even really seem to decide if if wrestling is real or not. So you can still enjoy the film. It's it's, It's a heartbreaking film, but it's a true story too. And in fact, the real story is even more heartbreaking than the movie because they left out one of the sons who committed suicide. They just didn't write him into the movie. Apparently, they were like, no, no, having one more kid die in the family would just seem too unbelievable, even though it actually happened. And they said it was, you know, a time constraint thing, but they they certainly could have put it in there. I, I, it, I, don't, I don't like that they didn't include Chris Von Eric, but that's okay. But uh, anyway, I saw a lot of people going in and out of the mall on Friday, but even then, it still didn't seem insane. But anyway, gift cards. That's what I wanted to get to because this is something that is a multi-billion dollar industry. There was a story that came out uh, over the weekend that was picked up by the, it was by the AP. So it was picked up by a lot of websites and it is based on a report, U.S. News and World Report story. But basically... Americans were expected to spend $30 billion on gift cards this holiday season. $30 billion. And if I said to you, what's the most popular gift card? If people are giving away $30 billion worth of gift cards, you'd probably say, well, maybe Amazon cards. Maybe a Visa or MasterCard gift card that you can use anywhere that Visa or MasterCard are accepted. But actually it's not. It's restaurant gift cards make up one third of those sales. So $10 billion out of that $30 billion is restaurant gift cards. Which is astounding to me. But um, out of those gift cards, 70% will be used within six months. But there are actually tens of billions of dollars worth that won't get used at all. And in some states, they have an expiration date. In other cases, depending on you know, who the supplier is of the gift card, there could be fees that, that eat away at the value of that gift card. And these are all things that people don't know about. I'm somebody, I sit on gift cards for years. I used to tell everybody, give me a Best Buy gift card for whatever. My Christmas, my birthday, my birthday and Christmas are very close. My birthday's a week from Thursday. And so I would always tell people just, you know, give me a gift card. That's fine. I don't, you don't need to get me anything at all. But if you do, a gift card is fine. And they'd say, well, where do you want a gift card to? And I would always say Best Buy because there was always something electronic that I wanted. And I would save them up. And then one day I was like, okay, I've got enough. I went and bought a tablet. Um, another time I went and bought a laptop. So it's just save them up until I need them for something. And I was just recently going through a desk drawer and I found a bunch of gift cards, including some Best Buy ones that had been kicking around in there for a while. And I took them down there and cashed them all in and was able to get a, a a VR headset, a, a MetaQuest. But thankfully, you know, in Massachusetts, our gift cards don't lose their value. In other states, Some of those would have been expired. They were from like 2019, 2018. So you've got to know what the rules are, where you live, but also, you know, maybe sitting on them for five years isn't a good idea. But a lot will go unspent. A lot of the gift cards that people were given will remain unspent and I've been guilty of that. You know, I've been given like restaurant gift cards that I've said, "Oh, I'll I'll use that when I'm when I'm broke, when I don't have any any money, when I'm waiting to get paid, I'll use that." And then inevitably I forget that I have it. Now again, Massachusetts, the good thing is when I find it, I can use it then. But it's so often I've been surprised by the fact that I still have these gift cards. But there's also something That was created, too, to help with this. So, again, a lot of people are going to go out and use their gift cards today because they want to hit those after Christmas sales. A lot of people are going to use them within the next six months. Because maybe you already bought yourself winter clothes, say, but when the nicer weather comes, you're going to want to go out and get some new clothes. And you're going to say, oh, I remember I got that gift card for Christmas to Old Navy or Kohl's or whatever. But then they also created the National Use Your Gift Card Day. That's been around for about five years to try to encourage people to use those gift cards. And we'll have that day on January 20th. In a July survey, the consumer finance company Bankrate found that 40 47% of U.S. adults had at least one unspent gift card or voucher with an average value of $187. That's $23 billion just sitting around. Now, what's interesting about this is you go and you spend the money to buy the gift card, and that money is infused into the economy. So this isn't money that's sitting around going unspent, being unused. Like you've already made, by making the purchase, you put that money into the economy. The retailers get that money, and they can spend that money because you paid them for it. You paid them for the gift card. The problem lies in the fact that now they have to account for all the gift cards that are out there. And we've seen this happen with restaurants before when they close where they announce they're shutting down and there's, you know, $100,000 in gift cards out there. The people are like, but how am I going to use my gift card? I was saving it for a special occasion. And so this is where a lot of the trouble starts. If you remember, there was that whole controversy when Lindsay's closed about all the unused Lindsay's gift cards. People were like, what am I going to do with these? And in some cases, Lindsay's, you know, Lindsay's had still been selling gift cards right up until they were announcing they were closing because it kind of was a, a, a somewhat quick decision. And of course, whenever those stories are written here about this place is closing, that's the first question we get is what's going to happen with the gift cards. So that money has to be considered out there. And sometimes retailers get themselves in trouble with that, especially if they've had to file bankruptcy or other issues that pop up. And then the other part of it, and this was a big, big problem this year, was card draining. Where people are going into the stores, writing down the serial numbers and or the uh, credit numbers off these these gift cards, putting them back on the shelf, and then just waiting and logging in after Christmas to see, did anybody buy it? Did anybody put money on it? And the thing is, if you bought a gift card, you probably bought it no later than, say, December 23rd. And you're giving it to somebody on December 25th. They're not even going to use it till December 26th at the earliest. So that means that these scammers have like three solid days to be able to go in there and drain that card before somebody would notice that there was nothing on it. And if that happens, alert the store or the bank that backs up that card about what happened and they'll, I, they'll try to rectify it, but there's no guarantee that they will. But that's a major, major problem. This year So much so that my mom, who always gives gift cards, decided not to this year because she didn't want to take that risk. And she works for Walmart. She knows about how much that's been happening in those stores. Anyway, 508-996-0500. I've got to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. Seven years. That's the answer. That's how long a gift card is good for in Masters. It's seven years. So... Uh, that's, I, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't aware that it was able to expire after seven years. Glad I used the ones that I did then before I ran out of time. Anyway, we can talk more gift cards and other things with you at 508-996-0500. You can also send in app chat messages and open line voicemails via the WBSM app. We're going to be going into the newsroom with Adam in just a moment. We'll take more of your calls on the other side of that. And uh, don't forget, too, that this week I'll be broadcasting live on Thursday from just another Phoenix restaurant in North Dartmouth. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Right now, though, let's go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Israel received criticism
1: from Pope Francis on his Christmas Day message. The Pope says Israeli strikes on Gaza are, quote, an appalling harvest of innocent civilians and called children killed in wars, including those in Gaza, little Jesuses of today. He also decried the October 7th attack on Israel by Hamas as abominable and called for the release of hostages still being held in Gaza. This marked Pope Francis's 11th Christmas address. The Illinois governor's office says it will pay for the hotel rooms to temporarily house hundreds of migrants. Those in hotels will be moved to a former CVS in Little Village where the shelter is completed next month. Funding for the hotels will come from the additional $160 million that Governor J.D. Pritzker announced last month to help the ongoing migrant crisis after over 30,000 migrants arrived in Illinois. A veteran is being praised for helping a mother and daughter get out of a flipped car on Christmas Eve. Jason Smiley and his family were traveling from Estes Park to Parker in Colorado, but plenty of snowfall made driving conditions a little dicey on U.S. Highway 36.
0: Almost instantaneous that the road conditions changed like that. We're driving down 36, and um, as we came around a corner, uh, we saw a car that was overturned. I said, make sure you can wiggle your toes and fingers before you tell me you're fine, and she said, we're good.
1: Smiley said at first he thought the car was there from the night before but his wife noticed the lights were on and the car was still running. He helped hoist the mom and the daughter out of the window and got them to swivel their way out of the car. The first responder showed up at the scene and there were two expected to be okay. A wearable AI device developed by former Apple employees is set up to ship in March. It's called the Human AI Pin, and for about 700 bucks, you can stick it onto your clothes and interact. It has voice cues and has a projector, which can send information onto a user's hand. And a classic horror movie set in Washington, D.C. is celebrating the 50th anniversary of its release. The Exorcist was released on this date in 1973. Set in the Georgetown area of D.C., the film is based on a 1971 novel written by William Peter Blatty. Blatty based the story on the exorcism of a 14-year-old Maryland boy that happened in the 1940s. A set of steps that appear near the end of the film has become a tourist destination and was declared a historic landmark in 2019. In sports, the Boston Bruins will be flying to Buffalo for a game against the Sabres tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast.
0: We do have a dense fog advisory limiting the visibility considerably, triggering hazardous driving conditions out there. Give yourself extra time. And if you are planning to head on the road, be sure to leave enough room ahead of you. Ahead of the car um, in front of you. The temperatures for this afternoon and the low 50s fog should be burning off cloudy and 40 tonight, and rain moves in tomorrow afternoon. Sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven day forecast, Sassy Del Carmen. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Sassy Del Carmen on New bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM.
1: Right now it is 36 degrees here in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app.
0: I know you're thinking when you hear that. About Halloween, right? Nothing about Christmas time, but no, as Adam just reported, it was 50 years ago that The Exorcist was released. And if you remember when this movie came out, I, I don't remember, I wasn't born yet. But those of you who were, if you remember when it came out, the, there were rumors, stories, news stories even on television news and in newspapers of people who were having heart attacks watching the movie. People who had to be taken out of the theater on a stretcher because of the reactions that they were having to this film. This is a movie that when I showed it to my son years ago, he was probably, I think he was like 12 at the time. And we had been watching the Exorcist TV series that was on Fox, which was pretty decent. Uh, And you can watch it now. It's streaming, I believe, on Hulu. But we were watching this. Because I would record it on Friday nights When I was at work And Saturday mornings I would watch it And usually He would be You know asleep or whatever And he'd wake up and he'd be like Oh what are you watching And so he sat and started watching it with me And got into it with me And so then we turned turn into a thing We'd have breakfast and we'd watch The Exorcist show together And I said well I'm going to show you the movie I was, And I talked about it with my wife And I said do you think that we could show him The Exorcist And she's like yeah I don't know And I said, you know, he's pretty mature. He can handle it. Let's just see what happens. We'll watch it during the daytime. And I showed him the movie. And he was like nonplussed by it through the whole movie. And when it was over, he's like, people were really scared of that. It looked so fake. But in 1973, it was terrorizing, terrifying to people. But as Adam pointed out, it is based on a true story. It was... Roland Doe was the name of the boy. Not his real name, but it was the name that was used. Uh, And he actually lived in Maryland. And he, I forget, St. Louis. They took him to the hospital in St. Louis uh, to have him exercised. That they really did have an actual exorcism of the boy. He had played with a Ouija board, just like Reagan does in the movie. And something had happened. His aunt had passed away and she had been very spiritual and had told him, you know, I'll communicate with you from the other side. So he was using the Ouija board to try to communicate with her and all hell broke loose. So they first tried to give him an exorcism at Georgetown Hospital and then they brought him to St. Louis For a second exorcism. And this was a story that. William Peter Blatty heard about when he was a student at Georgetown. And that's what kind of inspired him to write The Exorcist. He. The book. He took it into. um, Some fictional realm. Because obviously you need to make it more dramatic. uh, But also he wanted to try to protect the identity of the boy. Whose name had never really been formally released. But enough people kind of knew about it floating around that he said, well, I'm going to change it to a girl just to kind of not make people look into it. And, they, you know, he didn't use he the, the based on a true story idea. And so that was kind of the genesis of, of where the story came from. Now I've been to Georgetown, I've seen The Exorcist Staircase. I didn't go up them because we were there at late at night. My aunt lives in D.C. And we had gone down to visit her. And while we were driving around, she's like, do you want to see The Exorcist Staircase? i like, yes. We want to see that. And now they're considered a, a landmark. But not because of the film. It's because of the historical status of the neighborhood. There's also a supposed curse around the Exorcist film. But then again, all of those films, all of those horror films of the 70s had stories of curses around them. So the Exorcist, of course, people feel that because they were dealing with a story about a demonic possession that they were opening themselves up for. A demonic curse there was a number of accidents that happened during the filming of it a carpenter who lost fingers um there was also a fire a mysterious fire that happened on one of the sets and had to be rebuilt and nine people died apparently during the making of the film and then Burke Dennings the character Burke Dennings was played by Jack McGowan the actor who played him died in his sleep not long after they finished filming So even the director of the film, William Friedkin, talked about there being a curse, talked about there being all these things that happened. So it kind of put it out there in the zeitgeist that the movie was cursed, which didn't, you know, didn't hurt ticket sales. But in all actuality, these kind of things happen all the time on movie sets, unfortunately. Doesn't mean that they're cursed. There's the story of the poltergeist Curse that that film was cursed because a number of people died associated with it. Well, but they point to the poltergeist curse as, well, Dominique Dunn was killed by her boyfriend not long after filming the movie. Right, by her deranged boyfriend who had nothing to do with the movie. Heather O'Rourke died at a young age. Yeah, because she was sick and they didn't get her to the hospital in time. The man who played uh, Reverend Kane, Julian Beck, he died not long after filming Poltergeist 2. Well, he had stomach cancer during the filming of Poltergeist 2. That's why he looked so creepy. He didn't need makeup because he was so gaunt and he was dying. The gentleman who played the Indian, Taylor, he died from a heart issue. That he knew that he had before they even filmed the movie. So, people just start putting those pieces together and trying to make it sound like there's a curse. Now, the omen curse, it's a little bit different. you have a scene where somebody's decapitated by a, by a pane of glass, and and then something similar happens during the production of the film. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, could, maybe I could buy into that one. Anyway, 508-996-0500. But if, uh, if you are looking for, you know, if you're tired of holiday movies, if you're all done with Hallmark and you're looking for something else to watch, why not watch The Exorcist today? And get yourself the, um, the Director's Cut special edition release that came out a few years ago that has a lot of the extra stuff in there, a lot of the subliminal stuff in there that they made them cut from the original film because they felt like that was just too much for people. Uh, you can see a lot of that still in the the DVD and Blu-ray and streaming versions. There's also, of course, Exorcist 2, which is not very good. Exorcist 3, which is a better movie than people give a credit for. And then there were two prequels to The Exorcist where... They originally made one, and it wasn't the one the director wanted to make, so then they made, like, their the, the second version of it that was more like what his— and the second version one was a better one than the first one. Neither one of them was really very good. And then, of course, now there is the new direct sequel, Exorcist Believer, that came out back in October that's now streaming. You can check it out on uh sit on Max or Peacock or one of those? Also not that good, in my opinion maybe it deserves a rewatch maybe i'll maybe i'll watch that today but yes happy 50th anniversary to the exorcist 5089960500 take a break and be back in a few The more I think about it, the more I think, was the day after Christmas the best day to release The Exorcist? That seems kind of blasphemous unto itself, but I guess it kind of helped with the marketing. 508-996-0500. So on Thursday, I will be broadcasting live from just another Phoenix restaurant located on Fonscona Road in North Dartmouth. Looking forward to getting out there and having some of their delicious food. And you can join me. Now, the show starts at 6, but they open at 7. So they'll open up the doors at seven o'clock. Come on down, have breakfast with me. But you don't have to wait until Thursday if you want to have a good, delicious breakfast. You can go down there anytime. Today's Tuesday. So seniors get free breakfast with their, I'm sorry, get, hold, hold on, rewind that. Seniors get free coffee with their breakfast. That's right. Free coffee with your breakfast for any senior on Tuesdays at Just Another Phoenix. Whew. Almost cost them a lot of money there. Uh, you can also get their full menu through their drive through window. So if you don't have time today, maybe you're trying to get out to some of those after Christmas sales. You want to use up those gift cards. You're not going to let them sit around for years. You're going to use them today. Well, you can stop through the drive through at Just Another Phoenix and grab yourself breakfast and uh, scarf it down in the in the mall parking lot before you head in. Just don't leave your trash in the parking lot. Take it with you. Uh, so you can get all kinds of great omelets pancakes french toast everything you can imagine and they always have their own little unique twists on things not only do they have great specials but even just regular things they always think of new omelets to come up with they always think of new ways to to take pancakes and turn them into you know almost like desserts for breakfast and the other good part about it is it's a nice warm welcoming atmosphere that'll make you feel like you're part of the family so if you have time to stop in and sit down and hang out with them, you will love the crew over there at Just Another Phoenix. I'm excited to see them all on Thursday and to hang out with them and to hang out with you as well. I hope that you'll come on by, have something delicious, and hang out with us. Just Another Phoenix, Fawns Corner Road in North Dartmouth. So that, as I was uh, fumbling there and almost said that you can get free breakfast, it made me think of a story Jim Phillips told me about when we when I was talking with him about Phillips Farm. Phillips Farms. When you haven't if you haven't read that story yet, it's at wbsm.com. But the story he was telling me was that uh, the the farm used to ad- the farm store used to advertise here on WBSM. And one day Stan Lip misread the advertisement for it and said something like they were doing chicken legs 10 cents a pound. There was apparently a typo or something on the copy he got from the salesperson. And so he announced that chicken legs were 10 cents a pound at Phillips Farms. And apparently everybody went running down there to try to get chicken legs at 10 cents a pound. And uh, when they got there, they found out that that was an incorrect price, but that they still did a great amount of business that day anyway. So as Jim said, he goes, my my dad was, uh, you know, not that upset that they messed it up on the air because of all the business that it brought in. So, no, seniors don't get free breakfast. (laughs) They get free coffee with their breakfast. So, just keep that in mind. All right, 508-996-0500. That is the number to call in and chime in. I was talking about that gift card scam that's been going on called card draining. And they will basically, the, the thieves go into the store. They write down the number off the back of their card, which is... You know, what, what's the crime? Where's the crime there? If, you, if, if a store security guard saw them doing it, what's the crime? But they write down the numbers. They go home. They wait. And then they just see if somebody buys the card and then they drain the money out of it before it can be cashed in. But of course, the tried and true scam is still out there. Card skimming which is a big problem for people that use credit cards and debit cards when they go to the store. Now, I don't know if you were out there buying expensive gifts or spending a lot of money on gifts, but I was checking every machine before I used it to make sure there were no skimmers on it as much as I can. You know, I just grabbed the little piece where you put your card and, and I try to feel if there's anything there. And you know what? I use the tap as often as I can. Now, the problem is the tap doesn't always work with my card, But I try to use the tap as much as possible to try to avoid a skimmer. And it happened within the last couple of days. So there's a story that at Sudbury Farms in Sudbury. Now Sudbury Farms is a chain that is owned by Roach Brothers. So in some towns it's the Roach Brothers, in some towns it's the Sudbury Farms. I remember Sudbury Farms in Randolph going back to when I was a kid. They actually took over the old Fernandes in Randolph. But Sudbury Farms in Sudbury had an issue where on or before Christmas Eve, somebody went in and installed a skimmer skimmer on a couple of different card readers. They were on two of the self-checkout pin pads at the Sudbury Farms in Sudbury. So they're trying to figure out how many people might have been impacted by this or if any customer data was compromised. But there's a danger right there in self-checkout. Now, I don't mind self-checkout. I don't, I like it. I don't I don't have a problem with it. I understand it's hard to get people to to work these days and I'd rather have a 100 open self-checkout lines than have a dozen staffed checkout lines that only have two people working them. So I don't, I'm, I don't get worked up about it like other people do. But this is one of the dangers of, of having so much self-checkout is if nobody's keeping an eye on it, it's not that hard for people to come over and install these skimmers. Anyway, 508-996-0500. i got to take my final break of the hour. We'll be back in a few moments. All right, that's pretty much going to do it for this hour. We'll come back after the news with more of your phone calls, 508-996-0500, more of your open line voicemails or app chat messages on the WBSM app. If you got a new device over the holidays, if you got a new phone for Christmas, uh, you should go to your app store and download the WBSM app because you will get not only The ability to app chat us or send us those open line voicemails. You can also send us photos and videos and news tips. You can also get all of our streams. You can get all of our podcasts. You can get everything there. Breaking news alerts, all of our stories, live traffic and weather. You can set the alarm to wake up listening to WBSM. Whatever it is that you need, that app does it all. It'll even make you breakfast. I'm pretty sure I haven't found that option yet, but it's got to be in there somewhere because it does everything else. It's all... Every day...